Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, believe it or not, there is a right way to wear sunscreen, and many of us aren't doing it. Old-time radio is on the air in St. Paul, and this week's gopher softball controversy. But first... Lawmakers are at the state capitol this weekend trying to finish their work before Monday's fast-approaching deadline, but MN's Bill Warner admitted to us that at least a little bit of the time he's been hanging around outside thinking about other things. Like many other people in this year when the departing season seemed to hang on forever, I'm afflicted with a particularly insistent case of spring fever. I find it difficult to focus, even as I responsibly tell myself that I should. Rather than unflinchingly walking into the building where momentous events are taking place, where laws are made and the lives of women and men are changed, for better or for worse, I find myself dawdling on the nascent lawn across the street, contemplating cones of red pine scattered on the ground from the autumn before, thickening sprouts of grass punctuated by a tentative dandelion here and there, and leaves bursting from the tips of the bushes along the sidewalk. Once again today, asking you to give a generous portion of your wisdom to these representatives of the people of the state of Minnesota. Give them strength to make it through the long days and nights before them, and a willingness to work together for the common good. We make this prayer in your powerful and holy name. Amen. I pledge Yes, great things are indeed happening inside the building on the hill. But out here, under the sky, the goings-on are gentle, quiet, almost unnoticed, as we are suddenly almost startled that while we were locked up inside that huge building of stone, the leaves and the flowers of spring had taken their rightful place and now reign over all. An event which has happened from near the beginning of time on this planet and which will continue until near its end. There's a word which perfectly describes this situation, once quoted to me by a woman I know, a painter who lives with her husband, a potter, in an historic building on the banks of the St. Croix River, upstream from the Twin Cities. It's a word that sounds as if you could not say it on the radio, a word like masticate or matriculate, which seem naughty but actually are legitimate terms in polite company. The word I'm thinking of is fecund, F-E-C-U-N-D, and it means producing or capable of producing offspring, fruit, vegetation, etc., in abundance, prolific, fruitful. Its second definition, very productive or creative intellectually, might describe what this time of the year evokes in us. Another term which comes to mind in describing this season, which is upon us, is the word gravid, which sounds like something is dying, but actually it means something is starting to live. Let's be frank. Spring is about reproduction, a giddy time of continuing whichever species, a fact that young men and probably young women now also are reminded of in hormonal force this time of the year, and a memory which older people contemplate with reverence and longing, and perhaps even some regret as they recall 
where it has taken them. is Antonio Vivaldi's take on the subject. I think quite close to the mark of measuring the energy, the force of spring, which pulls us with it, although we may, out of habit or hibernation, resist. After all, inertia governs much of human behavior in nearly all of the world. But now... The momentum stifled through the long winter just past is beyond any power to arrest as our side of the planet turns toward its sun and once again becomes green, opening, as has happened down the ages, a new cycle of life. Note to self, not enough time, never enough time in the city to hear the rest of the notes trapped in the pine cones on the lawn. Beethoven, Symphony No. 5 in C minor, Opus 67, required accompaniment on my next trip through the trees. Now, back to work. Bill Werner on the Minnesota Newsroom. Thank you for that, Bill. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Sometimes, a simple idea can be developed into something big that can change the world. This is Katy Perry. In fourth grade, my music teacher helped me make a vision board. It was a collage that represented all of my hopes and aspirations in music. 
But what if my teacher didn't have the supplies we needed to make our collages? What if I never got the chance to learn and express my dreams? Unfortunately, that's the reality our teachers face every day. They're forced to spend their own money, sometimes just to keep the classroom running. That's why I'm teaming up again with Staples for Students to donate $1 million to DonorsChoose.org, the charity that helps teachers get what they need to bring learning to life for students. DonorsChoose.org has helped fulfill more than 700,000 classroom projects, benefiting more than 18 million students. It's an idea that's changing the world. It's easy to help. Donate in Staples stores or learn more at staplesforstudents.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. Sunscreen can be a valuable tool for skin cancer prevention, but only if it's used correctly. A recent study conducted by the U of M shows many of us aren't applying the product properly. MNN's Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. Last summer at the Great Minnesota Get-Together, University of Minnesota researchers set up free sunscreen dispensers to see just how Minnesotans were using the product. And to much surprise, many people were making mistakes that could compromise their protection from the sun's harmful ultraviolet rays, which may increase their risk of skin cancer. Joining me now to discuss the study findings is Dr. Ingrid Polkari, an assistant professor in the Department of Dermatology at the University of Minnesota Medical School in Minneapolis and one of the study authors. Welcome, Dr. Polkari. Let's dive right in to some of the study's key findings. Absolutely. So we were excited that the State Fair paired with us on this project, and they agreed to install uh, complimentary sunscreen dis- dispensers at 10 information booths around the fair. Uh, and we were able to observe how the public was using the sunscreen. So we observed sunscreen use over about uh, 90 plus hours at the fair. And we were able to see that uh, people all of all ages use the sunscreen. And uh, they seem to be more likely to apply it to their arms than anywhere else. And unfortunately, many people only applied to certain body parts. So instead of applying to all of their sun-exposed skin, they would only apply to one or two parts of their body. And then another thing that I found interesting with this study was uh, when it comes down to gender, we're seeing more sunscreen use among women. Is that correct? That's correct. So we know that there is a very slight female predominance uh, in attendance of the fair, but a far greater percentage of females than expected for attendance uh, were noted to use the sunscreen than the males. Then I also wanted to talk to you a little bit, um, you know, when folks, I get really confused about this time of year when I go out to buy my sunscreen on, on what you should be using. Any recommendations there? Absolutely. So choose a product that's labeled with an SPF or sun protection factor of 30 or higher. Um, if you plan to be swimming or getting wet, you should choose a product that's labeled as water-resistant. And depending on your skin type, you may choose to use sunscreens that are more hypoallergenic. And then um, I had uh, read a little something about this. Can you explain, I, I know we're supposed to be looking for the words broad spectrum. What does this mean? So the SPF number, which is a number that most people are familiar with, only refers to the protection that you get from UVB rays. And it turns out that both UVA rays and UVB rays can cause sunburn, aging, and skin cancer. So the term broad spectrum refers to coverage for both UVA 
and UVB rays. Um, is there any gender that's more susceptible to getting skin cancer over the other? Well, we know that uh, men, especially men over age 50, seem to be at higher risk for getting melanoma than the general population. So that we don't have a lot of data to explain that exactly why that's the case. But we do know that men older than 50 have a higher risk of melanoma. All right. Well, those are some of the questions that I had, uh, Dr. Polkari. Anything else you wanted to add today? Yeah, you know, uh, the the study that we did at the fair, I think, was exciting for a couple of reasons. Uh, One was that uh, it was a large study that was able to observe how people are using sunscreen. So many studies that look at sunscreen use are based on self-reported data, meaning that people will explain how they use the sunscreen, at what time of day, where they put it, et cetera. But in this case, we were actually able to observe exactly what they were doing, so we know exactly what happened. They didn't have to rely on what their memory of their use was. Um, We also noted that people were making mistakes with how they were using the sunscreen. I mentioned before that they weren't using it on all of their sun-exposed skin, and any sun that's exposed, or excuse me, any skin that's exposed is at risk for sunburn. And then finally, we noticed that people were apparently using the presence of sun or sunny days as a reason to use sunscreen. We saw that the sunscreen rates dropped when there were clouds in the sky, but we know that about 80% of UV rays can still get through the clouds, which means you're still at risk for sunburn if it's a cloudy day. And you know, can sunscreen get old, doctor? It can. So depending on the ingredients that are contained in the sunscreen, some of these do uh, have limited uh, time periods of being effective. So you should look for the expiration date on that product. Thanks again to my guest, Dr. Ingrid Polkari, an assistant professor in the Department of Dermatology at the University of Minnesota Medical School in Minneapolis. For more information on skin cancer prevention and detection, you can visit the American Academy of Dermatology's website at spotskincancer.org. There you can also find instructions on how to perform a skin self-exam, download a body mole map for tracking changes in your skin, and find free Spot Me skin cancer screenings in your area. Spot Skin Cancer is the AAD's campaign to create a world without skin cancer through public awareness, community outreach programs and services, and advocacy that promotes the prevention, detection, and care of skin cancer. Again, that website, spotskincancer.org. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. I'll be back with MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm to talk about this week's controversy surrounding the U of M softball team when Minnesota Matters returns. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. 
For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Start it off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody, squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. There's no better place to go back in time than a century-old library in Minnesota's capital city. Bick Smith takes us to the James J. Hill Reference Library for a special recreation of old-time radio shows. Come in, George. Why did it go down? George, you're trembling. Something went wrong. No, nothing went wrong. You got it then? Yeah, I got it. Stuffed in all my pockets. Here, I'll dump it on the bed. The Sounds of the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a group that recreates authentic radio shows from the 1930s and 40s. We sat down with Tim, Joshua, Eric, and Shannon before they went on stage in front of the stacks of the Grand Old Reference Library. We talked about the shows, complete with those memorable commercials. There's a particular sponsor that I've grown to love, uh, Roma Wines. And how many, you know... R-O-M-A. R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. (laughs) And we... All, obviously, we listen to them, but we think about all the little pieces, try to recreate all of the foley as best we can. So it's a lot of fun. I think what's fun about it is to take these radio shows that, as old radio nerds, we've listened to a lot and we talk about them on our podcast, but it's a whole different way of understanding them and what went into them uh, to look at them on the page as a script and try to capture the same quality we enjoyed in listening to them. And sometimes you find that the ones that you like the most are the hardest to do, or sometimes there's one that you thought was not that great, but it's actually really fun to perform. Um, So yeah, it's just interesting looking at it from a totally different point of view. So the visual mixed in with this, you're performing this on stage as opposed to being behind the wall of of a radio, yes, uh, like in the old days. What, What do you have to bring in order to make that work too? Uh, we actually got the question about if we, because we, when we perform them we dress in suits that because of our own personal fashion sense tend to be of, of the era. Uh, that was not entirely a deliberate choice but just a happy accident. Uh, and so the, the whole visual really does evoke the era. In our research I thought that's how old time radio was done with these Foley guys with all of this junk and making sound effects and it it was very disheartening to find out that they actually were recording 
sound effects and playing a lot of them in the old radio shows off of albums that they were queuing up. Well, particularly the later, it spanned 20 years. So as yeah. the technology right. became available to make cheap recordings and have them on hand, they moved to recordings. But the earlier ones... Yes, uh, like the 30s. 30s and even early 40s were predominantly made live. We just decided minutes before this interview uh, <laughs> what we're doing in May. Tell them what it is, Joshua. Uh, we're doing an episode from a... Uh, lesser-known radio show, but a very critically acclaimed one called Quiet, Please, and it is called Northern Lights, and it's a very spooky, uh, sort of science fiction-y episode, and another story from Suspense called Ghost Hunt. Had a hard day at the office, backache from bending over a hot stove all day, want to get away from it all. We offer you escape! It is midnight and you are alone. Suddenly, the room is plunged into darkness. You sit frozen with terror because something is there behind you. Something you feared would come. Something from which you must escape. The sounds of the mysterious old radio listening society. James J. Hill Center Director of Marketing Lily Shaw says presentations like this match the image of this classic St. Paul landmark. The programming we are choosing to do here, if it is cultural, really shoots with the time that, that this place uh, was first started, which is 1921 is when the doors opened. And so doing an old-time radio show, really bringing back some history these walls are just craving for it. And then when it comes to the other programming we do during the day, because Monday through Thursday from 10 to 5, we're open for people to come in and do research and other things. So you have these books, this, this history on the walls. We've got over uh, 15 unique databases where people can get information. So it's really a blending of the old and new coming together. Uh, and so honestly, you'd have to be in this space to see why it all makes sense. So people come in here, they might be surprised at just how gorgeous it is. What's your favorite room or area of this place? Oh, yes. Well, I mean, my favorite room is the reading room, which is so impressive. But I really do love the Empire Builder room as well, which is after you walk into the lobby is the, the next room you walk into. And that was originally James J. Hill's um, office. It was supposed to be. Unfortunately, he passed away before the place opened. But it is lined with wood. It has a beautiful fireplace. It's got, it's just iconic. You feel like you're stepping back in time. So then the minute you walk out of that wooden room, in through this small doorway into the expansive reading room with the large pillars and the beautiful pink marble, you're taken back. That's Lily Shaw, marketing director for the James J. Hill Center located at Rice Park in downtown St. Paul. From personal experience, the reference library offers a welcome respite from Google with stacks and stacks of research materials within reach. By the way, the mysterious old Radio Listening Society returns for one more show before summer on Sunday, May 28th. You can go to jjhill.org for details and tickets. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Bick. Minnesota Matters will return after this. You wanted to see me? Yes, please. Have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're... 
You're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. In sports, it was a week filled with controversy relating to the NCAA Softball Tournament Selection Committee, and it's centered around the University of Minnesota. The Golden Gophers finished the season with a 54-3 overall record, a 22-1 record in the Big Ten, won both the regular season Big Ten title and the Big Ten tournament title, and are riding a 25-game winning streak. The National Coaches Poll had them ranked number two in the nation when they entered the Big Ten tourney and won it. So when the 64-team bracket came out this past Sunday, everyone figured that Minnesota would host at least one set of regionals as a top 16 seed. But with the resume lacking in strength of schedule, the committee sent the Gophers on the road to play in a regional this weekend at the University of Alabama. It was a shocking decision that forced the committee to release a statement further explaining the rationale. Then the next day, the coaches' poll moved Minnesota into the number one ranking. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm has reaction from campus prior to the team's departure. Scott, there are still a lot of questions as to why the Gopher softball team was treated the way it was by the committee, and no one was real happy with the answers, including head coach Jessica Allister. We thought it was going to be a different outcome. You know, I think there was... Um there was disappointment. There was a little bit of shock. But she knows there's not much they can do about it now, but does believe there are still things to be answered about the process in due time. I think there's a time and a place for that, you know, and I think that, um, you know, Mark Coyle's been awesome. You know, I know that he's, um, I talked to him last night, and I know that he's reaching out and doing a little bit of digging. Um, but again, like, that doesn't change anything. Even if they come back and they say, we're wrong, like, we're not doing a redo. We're going down, and we got to beat La Tech, and then we got to beat Alabama. <laughs> so we got to really make sure that we keep the message on. We're still going into field of 64 and everything that we want is ahead of us um, and if we get sucked into everything else you know our energy is not going to be where it needs to be so we need to make sure that we are um, focused on controlling what we can. Alistair says the strength of schedule argument does not make sense to her. We go to Texas and play Texas twice we go to the Big Ten ACC Challenge sweep Notre Dame and NC State go to LSU beat LSU on their home field um, go to Fresno who was a top 20 team last year beat Fresno Go up to Washington, go to Cal, go to Oregon State. You know, I think it's it's a tough thing to swallow when you hear that that schedule's not good enough because I'm not quite sure what else we could have done in the preseason. And the RPI formula is supposed to factor in strength of schedule, and that had Minnesota still ranked 11th, in other words, in the top 16. To, on one side, say we don't have top 10 wins, and so now you're giving the RPI credit, and then in the other breath, say, but this formula that we care so much about that has you at 12, we don't care about it there. Um, and then go back to strength of schedule, which we already got dinged at because we had the best winning percentage in the country, and that took us down to 12. Like, that logic doesn't make sense to me. And so now it's moving forward this weekend in the Deep South. That's all out of our control. And I think that um, it's by far not the biggest injustice done to anyone in the world <laughs> yesterday, you know. And life's not fair. So now we turn our attention to Louisiana Tech. Alistair says they need to simply get to work. Her team is a hardworking group led by seniors. I don't think anybody's happy. But again, uh, you can't control it. And life's not fair. And guess what? Everything that we want to do is still ahead of us. National seeds by a committee of people sitting in a room aside, you know, we're still the new number two team in the country. Um, we're going into postseason play. 
So for us to be anything but excited doesn't make any sense. And she says they cannot get caught up in the situation. As mad as I am about it, um, I think it's really, really important that we focus on, um, you know, the goals that we set out as a team are still attainable. What was the outcome she was expecting? You know, I thought we had a chance to host a... Um, a super regional. I thought we were going to be on the edge there. I thought the winning the tournament would put us over the edge. I thought there was two great wins um, against Illinois and Ohio State, who were both in the top 35 of the RPI. I thought hosting a regional was a lock and that we had a chance to host a super. You don't get to control that. One thing is for certain, while diehard softball fans were always going to pay attention to this team, it seems this bit of injustice may have added a new batch of fans to jump on the bandwagon and pull for the Golden Gophers this weekend. I always like us a little bit more in the underdog role anyway, so I don't think that's a bad thing. But at the same time, um, Postseason's hard, and it's going to be hard anywhere, and we're good. So we need to focus on ourselves um, and get ready for La Tech. The players also believe they play better as an underdog. Freshman Kendall Lindemann was the Big Ten Player of the Year. I'd say we do have a chip on our shoulder, and that's a big thing for us. Um, we've always been the underdog, and we still are now. So I think we play best being the under underdog, and that's just huge for us. And we have a lot of motivation right now, and we're just going to take that to Alabama. Plus, she says they're used to playing in big stadiums and on the road. I think that's huge, um, especially this season. We've been great on the road. So I think that just also um, builds our, up our confidence going to Alabama, and um, I think that's great for us. Um, the start of the season, we didn't have any home games just because of the weather. Um, so. We should be doing great down in Alabama. Um, it's just really going to help us. I think it's really prepared us for um, what's to come. Right fielder Maddie Houlihan says they're absolutely motivated now for this weekend. We um, talked as a team after, and we just kind of you know, had to digest what just happened. Obviously, we had different um, expectations going in, but I think we got together as a team and kind of just said we have to turn our focus on going down to Alabama this weekend. We can't control anything that has happened in the past. We can just work towards... Um, getting ready for this weekend. If the Gophers advance out of this weekend's very tough regional in Alabama, they would move on to the Super Regional next week and would almost certainly face number two Florida. Scott? Thank you, Mike. That's going to do it for this week. Thanks for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.